0: Hold up, hold up, hold up. What? Welcome to Letty, hosted by me, Letty. Basically, what this podcast is, is that it is girl talk, but for all genders. And the way that it works is each episode is dedicated to a specific issue or topic that we will be talking about. And I will be joined by either a guest or multiple guests, and we will get to talk about everything that we feel about the topic so whether it's our perspective on the topic our experience through the topic all of the above we will be doing all of it so if you are here that means you already know what's going on and you know what it sounds like the tea is just about ready so let's get our mugs and jump straight into it Welcome to another episode of Let's Tea. Today I'm joining the studio with one and only Rufaro. How are you doing? doing as good as you can
1: be right now, I guess.
0: Yeah, times are dark. The
1: children the kids are
0: not aren't fine. And the kids aren't grand, you know? But you know that's actually what we basically gonna be talking about today. Well one of the many problems that are affecting us. Um, Is what we're going to be talking about today Which is the whole Black Lives Matter movement And the whole issue of racism happening And everyone outing their schools And so I just felt like there's no better way to start this conversation Than to start with the topic of the institutional racism Mm -hmm. in our schools And how it affects our everyday lives Especially in the topic of how today is Youth Day. So, um, generally, we both know that racism is the whole thing of it's the discrimination and prejudice and systemic. S- what? <laughs> wow, that was not English. Uh, systemic <laughs> systemic racism towards um, people based on their race because they believe that one group is superior to the other. And so what a lot of people have been generally talking about on social media is the racism that they experienced in their schools. And so I just wanted to hear about your opinion of um, if there is truly, if you truly believe that there is racism in private schools today in South Africa, I can't really comment in other countries because I've, I haven't experienced it firsthand mm. in other countries but um, what is your opinion of the racism in schools? and?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of undeniable that if you're a person who isn't white and you go to a private school in South Africa, you have experienced a degree of racism and prejudice in whatever it may be, whatever form it comes in. And I think one of the biggest things for me was like coming from a private school in Zimbabwe where we are generally the majority, we still experience racism from like gatekeepers of whiteness in um, that private school setting, but then coming to South Africa, it was very interesting to see Black people being the minority in school, but then being the majority outside of the country, what that looked like and how apathetic white people just generally are to Black people's experiences because they don't really have to care. Nothing in their system makes them need to care about what black kids experience in the schools, so they just really carry on and then, when they hear that kids are unhappy or they are dissatisfied with their schools, they find it surprising, which is I think the most annoying part. but yeah,
0: I completely agree, and I think that the racism that is experienced in the schools, it's like it may not necessarily always be a blatant thing, but it's sort of mm. as if like it's just the small things like if you look even just apart from the fact that the black students are the minority if you look genuinely just at like how the school rules are shaped around white appearance like you know if you don't tie your hair back your hair's in your face which necessarily Mm -hmm. doesn't apply to black people except if you have braids maybe but it's not really Mm. necessarily the same and you look at like the small things of how just generally like the black students will always feel ostracized and there is always going to be that difference of how the black students are constantly having to always fight um, and you know be the people who have to make the change in situation Mm. for themselves while the white students live comfortably and that generally just affects the like the way that black students and later on black entrepreneurs and just people in society are going to view themselves because it it sort of Mm. does brew a certain type of insecurity in a person
1: 100% and I think that's what you were saying about like how black children carry the burden of having to show the Transformation and head talks and forums or whatever it is, just so they can make their environment a lot more comfortable. I think um, that's so true because the other day my sister was typing up what she was going to say to our school in reply to everything that was happening. And one of the things she kept on saying was that she was robbed of the opportunity of just being able to come to school and just be a student. And the only way you can just be a student is if you fight for the same degree of like comfort and safety that white students have you're ultimately fighting to just be a white person which is to just be a person in this world apparently
0: exactly and that's and I think the most shocking part about that is that you wouldn't expect that in a country like you said where there is majority black people how can we yeah. be fighting to be like the minority
1: mm. and At, that, that oh sorry <laughs>
0: No, continue. Continue.
1: I think that's like one of the things that i've just been screaming during this time is that there's the insidiousness of what white people manage to do in south africa where you don't have to make like blatant racism like a thing in the country like for example in america where it's like like they just really don't even try and pretend to care about black bodies there but here it's like the system itself works like a machine and we're all just like cogs in it and like they don't have to enforce anything explicitly, but then you still have black people trying to reach a certain level of whiteness. But it's not like white people are shouting at them saying be white kind of things. So I think it's a it's a very effective system actually, but they suck.
0: Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable almost actually. And hmm. it also like what a lot of people also ended up talking about was how it was a lot more of a bigger thing of the black boys in private schools thriving on trying to be white and trying to achieve white girls and, you know, demoralizing mm. a lot of the black girls while the mm. black girls had like this thing of I feel like the black girls had less of an option in that. Like even though we subconsciously always were um, working toward being that standard of white that they expected of mm. us it was like we didn't have the space to even still achieve it in a way if mm. that makes sense. whereas it was as if the black boys like they sort of got to a certain level that the black boys could never
1: reach mm. and I think it just speaks to maybe intersectional politics or um, the ideologies behind like intersectional feminism and it's just the idea that Black men are closer to being the ideal, which is a white, cisgender, heterosexual male, right? And since they're closer to that, and they have more access to it... Um, I was actually having a conversation with one of my friends, he's a Black man, and he was just basically saying that like, in private school, he never really like had to experience the kind of internal disdain that Black girls had to experience, which I found very interesting because for example with hair I think that was one of the biggest things that we had to like grapple with especially 2016-2015 and they don't have to all black people and all white people whatever race you are they all have to have their hair short at boys schools right but also for us now on the other end it's like your hair is very big to femininity and politics around femininity and this like those inherent differences how because the fact that they are men in general just puts them at a very different level than women are. Um, it just makes it a lot more difficult for them to try and understand how they themselves manage to perpetuate these cycles of oppression and put them onto Black women.
0: Perpetuated it in what manner?
1: I think, like you were saying, in terms of life for example, dating and I think dating could be seen as something that's like very like frivolous or something it's just like oh my gosh okay guys whatever it's dating but it's how they view black women's beauty and what they believe about what is beautiful what is not beautiful what is valuable what is not valuable and just like the whole idea of black men aren't really seeking like equality for all black people they just want to be at the same level as a white man right so they could put that in the in terms of like we're going to fight for like anti-racism okay cool once we've achieved that we're fine we're cool whatever but then they don't interrogate how within the systems of racism they are actively themselves proponents of anti-blackness through how they treat black women also besides dating it's even like in the workplace um, my sister comes back from the hospital, she's a 5th year med student, she comes back with these horror stories all the time, of like, okay, I was at the hospital, there was this doctor who literally spoke to me like I was an animal, but he's a black man, and in the room, we are meant to treat each other kind of like, hey, yeah, hey, you know, um, you're another black person in the room, and like, we need to respect each other for that, and you know, we need to stick together. Yeah. But then, there, he like, talks down to her He looks around the room and talks to everyone else besides her. But when everyone else is in trouble, she's the only one who's ever targeted. She's the only black woman in her group. And it's in small interactions like that. And it's like, you're not actively trying to do anything to further black people as a whole. You just want to further black men.
0: And I think that also just stems into that whole... Okay, well, I wanted to bring it up later, so I'm just going to put a pin in it. But it goes back to that whole (laughs) scapegoat theory about how you know like when you are a person in a certain position or whatever you always want to blame it on someone lower or Mm. the oppressed always aim to be the oppressor in some Mm. type of way and so for, for black men it's always a thing of because they're oppressed the only people that they view as below them especially because the racial group Black people are generally viewed as below all the other racial groups. The only people mm. that they can actually like oppress are us, the women, mm. the black women. And it's like you said, like it's shocking because you'd expect that we'd be unified. And I think that's also like that was what made the colonizers or the people that brought about this whole big system that's what made them really smart because it's like they use this tactic of divide and conquer even like Mm. when we were studying the whole rwandan genocide how they basically separated everyone into tribes and made one tribe seem greater than the other so that they don't even have to do the work themselves of making you (laughs) feel bad they divide you
1: yo it was the most arbitrary like differences that they are even picking at and i think that's like the same thing with like how black people are today like it's just like random bullshit technically that's just like okay because you are lighter skinned than me therefore like i get to be like the underling to you or because you happen to be of a marginalized gender, that means I get to perpetuate the same cycles on it's the most random arbitrary differences that actually have nothing to do with anything that people allow to like divide themselves and it's very frustrating because you want but it will always continue. Like you see it in the Rwandan genocide, like you said, you see it, what, what's happening right now, GPV whatever it may be these things just continue in just very different ways and people try and make it seem like these aren't all linked they're all patterns they all fold out onto each other
0: exactly and it's it's weird because it's like we we notice it but we don't know how to stop it
1: mm. and that's, very, that's very true that's the
0: side thing because of how long it's been instilled in people especially in us as black people it's going to be like Mm. such a difficult thing to change especially because like even with those things it also all links into things like xenophobia like Mm. why is it that you know you're going to attack another black person primarily just because they're from another country you know, mm. and this whole thing of believing that um, like they make excuses about it and it's the same with the gender based violence thing like you said like everything does link but don't people ever stop and wonder why like don't you just like stop mm. and think okay why am I attacking this person just because they're from another country and what makes it that I view them as less than me but I'm going to view for example like african-americans because there were people that were busy saying that african-americans should just come home and just come home but then it's like <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> you know, this whole thing makes me laugh because i'm like where is home like where is yeah, home <laughs> <laughs> when do you say home what country are you talking about what are, you you are you saying
1: Nigeria? are you saying
0: but i think that just frustrates me i'm just like how can you tell people from another country to come home, but you're fighting people within your own continent who helped (laughs) us when we had, our, like, in South Africa, had our own apartheid thing happening. You're fighting people from other countries that come here, but you want people from America to come home.
1: It's one of those things that just, like, when people were tweeting that, I was honestly just, like, I'm deleting this app. Also because like my, I already have my problems with the African American community in general mm. like this whole idea of like come home or whatever that means it just it completely erases the fact that like okay so just one day I was listening to a <laughs> ha wink wink a podcast <laughs> um, where uh, it was by NPR's Code Switch and they were doing interviews at Afropunk in Brooklyn Right, and they were asking um, different people across the field, like um, your outfit, do you know where it's from, like what significance does it hold to you, whatever, whatever, whatever. And at the end of it, like there were these, like there a few people who are just like, I don't, I don't care where this is from. This is the only way that I can connect with my roots, whatever, whatever. And I was just. I think that just like, is testament to generally how African and people, African American people treat Africanness. It's almost like okay, so they had to go there, create their own culture, and all that stuff. And it's very unfortunate that they had to do that. I I, I will never know how that feels. I have my own culture here in South in, in Africa. I am a Shona person. I know what that means, right? But then for them, they have to like scramble and create scraps from whatever they can find and then build identity off of that. But what annoys me the most is how fixated we are on African-American people, repatriate them, come home, African-American struggle, African-American... You know, black lives matter and all that stuff and it's important and I understand why we do it because we care about global blackness. It's hard to be a black person everywhere but they don't really care (laughs) about what happens here. Like, Uyinene passing last year. Well, she was murdered last year. Yara Shahidi, their poster child for, inverted commas, wokeness or whatever posts this, repost something from the account Feminist it's not like Yara Shahidi doesn't have one of the biggest social media reaches at the moment in America and they don't even try and extend a hand, they don't even really try and show that they care except for like a few other famous people, very small few I don't even remember them but then here, yeah, obviously because of other things like globalization we consume and we care so much but I really don't think that it's like necessary anymore i think there's so much that we need to deal with here like you're saying xenophobia gbv queer phobia there's so much that we should be handling here before we start caring about bringing people home you
0: know i completely agree with you and it's 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 and it's a topic that was raised in the very beginning of when this whole outrage started about when because okay obviously the whole Black Lives Matter thing was re-sparked by the death of George Floyd and Mm. a lot of people were arguing that whole thing of what you're arguing about how we so dead focused on the death of an individual in America and we are so supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement and everything but you're right, like, we don't even know what's happening in our own countries like, even like, apart from um, African-Americans not knowing what's happening in our own countries, we also are not aware of what's happening. Like, we only become aware, like, later on, like, maybe if mm. if it wasn't for that whole outrage brought by George Floyd's death. I don't think as many people would have been talking about the people who were killed by the police here in South
1: Africa. Mm. No, they wouldn't. That's the annoying part i guess i think i understand like I, just generally why people do need a catalyst i mean maybe it's a good thing or as much good as can come from that whole situation in america and honestly i send all my condolences and my love to his family right now but maybe that's the thing that people needed in south africa to be able to say okay maybe let's look at what's happening here um, and I think that's one of the things like, I remember, especially in the boarding mm-hmm. house, you know, Boarding house. Change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, me, Elizabeth, Tabi Singh and Doria, some of our friends from the boarding house, we were talking about how self-absorbed people in the like southern parts of Africa can be when it comes to our experiences because It seems like the world happens in South Africa. Like Africa is South Africa kind of thing. Yeah. And you almost start to forget that there's a whole other continent up there that's going through many more things, economic, social, political ills that we just don't engage with on a daily basis. And we should be doing more every day to try our best to know what's happening there and advocate for what's happening here. Before we turn our eyes to the global north? Mm. Mm. Oh, I
0: agree. I think it's definitely something that I think the number one problem starts also in schools. Because in schools, if anything, like for example, history, a lot of our history lessons, starting from young ages, we're talking about. European history we're talking about what happened Mm. in Europe we're talking about what happened in America and we don't even know like apart from when we reached matric and the few of us that decided to stay in history learned about (laughs) a couple, not even a lot but a few um, African countries' history such as Congo and Mm. I always feel like I'm saying Tanzania wrong. Is it Tanzania or Tanzania? I think it's Tanzania. I've
1: heard it from friends and
0: mom, I feel like everybody pronounces it differently.
1: Oh my goodness. There's always a different pronoun. It's really bad. It's really
0: bad. Like, yo. <laughs> but the point is that, you know, it starts there. And then, obviously, if, if it's a thing of you always learning about Eurocentric history, you, mm. and also like, on tv and social media everything is very eurocentric you you tend to neglect those other countries and you're right it's it's really bad because how are we supposed to break the pattern of you know not being cognitive of what's happening in our own continent if we always just reading and learning about the
1: news of those other countries mm. And, yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest things is just, like, trying to, like, alleviate external things of that responsibility. Like, where it's, like, saying, okay, the reason as to why I don't know about what's happening in Africa is because of the news, okay? They don't, like, it's not available enough to me or whatever excuses we come up with these days or, like, um, I don't know... Like we come up with the most random obscene excuses as to why we aren't. What is this truck doing? Sorry. The <laughs> most random and obscene excuses as to why we aren't trying to tune in more into what's happening externally. And I've really been trying to not let that be the barrier for me. Like we have something like the internet. I mean, that's as fast as the internet. It's as easy for, as searching, like Al Zero, for example, which has like one of the largest reaches in terms of like news coverage from across the world and just like looking at that and then reading and seeing what's happening, going on news channels that are not only ENCA, SABC, and CNN, those are my normal three, trying my best to like see things on social media that aren't within my own eco-chamber kind of thing, like there is a level of responsibility that we need to also put On on ourselves sometimes, but like in terms of the education system... That's a whole different <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. And
0: I do, like, I will take accountability as a person who isn't aware of what's happening across Africa. Like, obviously, I do need to do better myself. And I do agree that it is a change that we have to consciously make. And so... I think mm. hopefully through people listening to this, other people will also decide, you know, to make that conscious decision because that's the only way that we can actually really, um, you know, stop being naive to what's happening, mm. and you know, make the difference. Because I mean, we're fighting so many things, but I think you're right. Like without actually giving ourselves the Space to know more about our own struggles as a continent in Africa, we're always Mm. not going to reach the point that we want to reach. Because in the end, we're Mm. always going to be chained to a certain kind of conception of what's happening in life and what is important. So So you're right. right. And I think it is something that I'm definitely going to be working towards changing.
1: No, me too, man. It's a really big thing. Like, I think we all just have to try and do our bits, I guess.
0: It's true. And um, I was gonna ask you one thing, and now I've completely forgotten what it was going to be. I don't know, but we had a general good conversation, yeah. Yeah, this is fantastic. It was very fruitful. We highlighted some very, very yeah. serious points here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, well, unless there's anything else that you want to highlight first, then we can just
1: close. <sighs> I really just read the news, guys. Yeah, read the
0: news. <laughs> Unlearn. It's always important to Ooh. unlearn, and learn.
1: And learn to learn to relearn whatever it takes. It's annoying. It's frustrating, and it would it would be a lot easier if we didn't have to unlearn things. But yeah, it's important.
0: But it's sad because a lot of the things that we learned when younger, I mean, you start to realize that a lot of things aren't true or were set in a certain type of bias that makes you read mm. things incorrectly or okay whatever mm. correct and incorrect is <laughs> And actually this whole conversation just reminded me of that time when Roy Clarkman came. I will always reference that day. Yeah <laughs> I will always reference that day. If there's a day that I will always reference it'll be that day. And um the most important thing before I even apart from the whole thing of when he was basically telling the truth about the true current situations of how far um across the world I will, he was specifically talking about South Africa but even across the world about how far we've gone just in terms of democracy and you know the way that we are towards racial groups and everything and the current position mm. of black people everywhere we're all all black people across the world are okay let me not say all black people but black people across the world are generally um in more difficult living situations Mm. um the one thing that he said that always sits with me is when he said how there is no universal truth because every person every individual has their own truth and so even Mm. if one situation were to happen your truth of the situation and my truth of the situation would be completely different even though we were living in mm. the same moment but how um, the truth of the white heterosexual sustained Christian man is mm. considered more of a universal truth and how the hardest thing in the world to be um, and the most disregarded truth is the truth of a black queer woman? Mm. Yeah, it just reminded me of that.
1: Yeah. No, that's heavy stuff. And I also will never forget that. That was probably one of the most pivotal conversations that we'd ever had in our school.
0: Literally, it also it it really showed. I think, if anything, if everybody across South Africa or across Africa had that talk in their schools. Like they would this whole uprising thing of um exposing schools for what they do and their racist acts would have happened probably a long time ago because like Mm. I think it really showed us um how um people perceive the world that we live in and how they perceive <laughs> the black person yeah. struggle in comparison to the white
1: person struggle.
0: Yeah. That
1: was mm. hectic. It was hectic. And I think also it just showed us just in the words of, I guess, the movement itself, just how little black lives really actually do matter to white people. And I think it's an yeah. international thing. Mm. Like, it's just, yeah. Oh well, It's one of the most depressing things I've ever witnessed. Yeah.
0: The outrage! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, dark times. But, anyways, thank you so much for joining me today, Rufaro.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh,
0: before you go, just a young shout out. Rufaro's got a website, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Rufaro's got a website called Kinda Bad Art. To the comments.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ! Little. Would you like to tell
0: the people about your your website just before she starts? Though, I just want to say this website is the bob.com guys. Rufaro is a literary <laughs> legend. If there is a person who knows how to write, it is Rufaro.
1: Oh, okay. Shut up, man! But anyways,
0: um, would you like to tell the people about your website?
1: Um, it's just you. I hate doing this kind of <laughs> self-promotional thing and you know I do and that's why you suck yeah. but um, <laughs> it's just a small thing I don't even know what it really can be called because it's just whatever I feel in, in the moment kind of thing but it's just something that I created like last month or something just so I could put my writing and whatever I feel like creating up to the end if you want to go on Go on girl
0: You've been nice guys What I'm telling you to do is go check it out Go check it out If you felt that First of all in this discussion Rufaro I'm sure you realise that Rufaro is a very Intellectual person and she knows what she's Talking about oh, So goodness. if you realise that In this interview you know that This page is one That you definitely have to check so um i don't know if i can put links in the description of my podcast but if i can i'm putting the link there so you guys can definitely check it out it's very interesting it's moving and it's educational in my opinion that's how i felt about it but yeah thank you very much (laughs) thank you so much for joining us Rufaro it's my pleasure i hope you have um uh, i don't know what to say because i mean there's nothing really happening like physically in this world everyone's at home but i hope you yeah. stay safe stay sane take care of your mental health and i hope you stay well same to you
1: thank
0: you all right goodbye okay bye to the bossa. Uh, hey, lele. Sitimela, si batek, pafele tichohane. Uh, hey, lele. Pasimani, basitana, pachabile so weto.